This episode is brought to you by the Renovate program, a program specifically built to help busy professionals renovate their everyday to create the time to change. So here's the question. In our professional services businesses where the rules were written decades ago and the world keeps changing, how do we as experts grow our businesses, support our people, meet disruption, all while staying true to ourselves and our values so that we can thrive? That's the question. This is the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm Sam Dean, your host. Today's episode is all about channeling human energy to drive capacity. I have Kieran Lowry from Workforce Positive joining us today, and we really drill down on how people can only offer their energy into our businesses, and by rethinking capacity and how we channel it, we can drive and build a thriving business, um, thriving professional services businesses. In this episode, Kieran and I explore this topic and um, cover off on a couple of the things, how we can empower our staff to be the captain of their own ships, really expanding our mindset about why people actually work. And it's not just about salary and career, but um, integrating the whole person into into our businesses. How we can actually train for collaboration with other professionals and, you know, really develop this in our own businesses first and how this can grow our own businesses and network and our people. And we also break down the expert silo rules and see how we can actually start this in our everyday and really understand that. This is such an important conversation. Um, And if you have people in your businesses, which of course everybody does, so whether you're a leader, manager, or just starting out on your career in professional services, this is a really important one. Please enjoy. Hello and everybody and welcome back to the In Demand Accountant. I'm Sam Dean, your host today. I'm super excited to have Kieran Lowry from Workforce Positive here today. Kieran and I are going to delve into um, a topic that's passionate, uh, that I'm extremely passionate about, close to my heart, and I know it is with her as well, and that's people and people management in our businesses, particularly around professional services businesses. I first met Kieran... um, some years ago, and she was the HR manager at McConaughey Stemmen, a really big firm here in Toowoomba, which I was a partner for. And I've had, I am so grateful that we've been able to continue our relationship. She now works with a number of my clients um, and helps grows, grow workforce, both from a team point of view and a people point of view, and also protecting them from a compliance point of view. So welcome here today, Kieran. And I wonder if you could just quickly run down and tell us a bit about your journey and, and how you got to be sitting here today. I'd love to. Um, thank you for having me. I'm so pleased to be on the podcast with you and your listeners. Um, so my journey has been one of, I was very fortunate to leave school and I, um, there's a whole YouTube video where I did a talk um, at Bond University about this But basically I had a great careers counsellor who gave me a form and asked me to complete it. And my two options were HR professional or teacher. And I had never really considered being a teacher and I did want to go to uni. Um, So I thought, well, if I'm not going to do teaching, I better do business. So I did. And I was just really fortunate because the profession that I chose, I love. And I just, I went to university. I loved it. 
I, I got uh, work in that, my field and I was lucky enough to nab a graduate role that was a national position straight out of uni and I haven't looked back. Um, but in terms of my business today, uh, six years ago I started Workforce Positive. Um, when I worked at McConaughey Stephen, I was so fortunate to learn about what it meant to be a professional service provider and, and the integration of the people and the services and understanding how that business operated and was successful taught me a lot about how I, in my HR professional skill set, um, how I could turn that into a business as well. And honestly, when I when I left McConaughey Stedman, I had um, so I had had such a great experience and learned so much about um, that industry uh, that I felt empowered to be able to start my own business. So I'm very grateful for that time. And for everything that I was learnt from yourself, Sam, and the other mentors I learnt in that business. So thank you. Um, but That's for me, um, Workforce Positive is about channeling human energy. And when people come to work, they bring themselves and all they have to offer is their energy. And their energy is made up of their skill set, their experience, their communication, um, their commitment. And when we channel that energy in a positive way, um, we have incredible workplaces. Um, but sometimes people show up and they, they either don't know what to do, uh, they don't feel committed or inspired, um, and that's where, as business owners, we have a role to make sure that people feel that their energy is being used wisely and they're happy to share it with us. So that's what we're talking about today. Absolutely, and I think it's such an interesting topic um, for the accounting industry in particular but for all professional services firms where we really look at capacity. And a few weeks ago, I talked about capacity from an energy sense um, and how people, we have these capacity uh, worksheets and, and you certainly would have seen them at Konecki Seven and the firms that you work with now. And But then it's the people under that and how we drive and channel, as, as Kieran said, that we're going to drill down and give you some tips and tricks on how to do that. And a, a particular passion for me and why, why this topic is so important is that as we go forward, we are going to be more of a human relationship style of businesses. So it's important um, as accountants to really understand how we can work with our teams and our energy. And then later on, we're going to have to do more and more of that also with our clients. So, um, you know, it's all about um, that and, and the business and the business structures that we work in, which are all people-based, moving away from the spreadsheets of capacity. <laughs> so I know that one of the things that you talk about a lot is um, – you know, really as professionals being the captain, captains of our own ships yes. and um, in the workplace. And then also, so our we first as leaders are and then we want to empower our own people to do that and so they can then manage their own work but at our direction. So can you just drill down about how um, we need to sort of sort ourselves out as leaders, whether we're a business owner or we're managing staff and then how that then, then transpires down so you can then empower your staff to do that. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of being the captain of your own ship came about a little bit by accident. So one of my team, so my business is a small business and it's growing, so one of my team was talking to me about something that she needed to do. And I stopped her and I said, you don't need to ask me about this. You're the captain of your own ship. Mm -hmm. And the reason I said it was because she was asking me about something that was fundamentally something she had to do. And it seemed to me that she was asking permission of me. And to me, that was infantilizing her. 
you know, she's an adult, she's a professional, she's fantastic at her job. She knows exactly what she needs to do. And on this particular occasion, it was something to do with school and children. And so she was asking me if she could attend to that. And I said, stop right now because you, you're never going to ask me for, for permission to go to school um, and, and manage whatever's happening with your children. You can tell me that you're going. You can tell me what I need to know around whatever work is affected or you can ask me for help and say, I need to go, but I can't actually resolve this work issue. But at the end of the day, my team are the captain of their own ship um, and I, that's just a matter of respect um, to them as another person that they don't have to ask permission to attend to their life. Mm. And I think this is so important, particularly in this changing workforce that we find ourselves in and, you know, the different dynamics and, and certainly we're not going to talk about 2020. I think um, so many people have, <laughs> but the flexibility and the trust and as professionals we trust. And I think given our hard productivity measurements and, and stuff and the way that we've been trained, particularly in the not just the accounting industry, but anything that is charged hours for dollar mindset, et cetera, we haven't developed that. And I think that's an internal pay on the leader's part because I think we do fundamentally trust our people. And it was so interesting for me when you said that because we do. The, these guys are adults. They're highly qualified and, and, and it's important to be the, their, their own captain. And that's a two-way street too. I think some people don't want to take the responsibility for their own um, workload and then as, as leaders as us is to say, no, it's safe here to do that and we want you to do it um, because if they can't do that, then how can they manage, you know, clients and, and everything else later Absolutely. on? Absolutely. I mean, and this is the same person who will take a work phone call at seven o'clock in the morning um, from a client because that's when they want to talk to her. Um, but what surprised me more than anything about that was how shocked she was. That you she, said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, 15 mm -hmm. years in the workforce. And I'm the first person that she's ever worked with who said, stop, stop asking me permission. Mm. That's so interesting. And we're going to go down a rabbit hole here, guys. Are you ready for it? <laughs> um, so I was um, talking um, actually to my business partner the other day and we were talking about how we want to create new business models and we want to create safety in the workplace. And we are building that in our business and we, um, you know, recently have actually moved a few people on, not not so much because they weren't okay at their job, but it was because they didn't have an all-in all in attitude. Um, and for us, that's important. And that's just for us. That's not business advice, by the way. That's just how we roll. And what what's super interesting then is she said, oh, I was been watching these people and for so long, and he suggested that we should have workplaces where we bring our problems to work. Um, and I kind of wrangled with that for a minute and went, wow, that's so true. Because I mean, even as a, as a, um, you know, a partner in a big firm when we had 80 people and I've recently, you know, owned a few businesses, we've had 20 plus and, um, you know, I've employed and, and grown and sold and exited many businesses. And one of my catch cries up until like three or four years ago was don't bring your problems to work. <laughs> we don't want to hear about it. Um, and you should bring your best self. But I've known through my own personal development work that if you're worried about something or you have something and you don't have a safe place to discuss it, um, you carry it with you, even if you don't want to talk about it in work. And for some people, the work is their only community at times. So have you kind of thought about that? I think that's an extension of what you're talking about is to create that safety 
and help people. I mean, of course, there's a lot of training that we need to do as leaders and as team members on how you hold that space safely for people. But I think that's an extension of what you're talking about. Oh, it is. Like there's so many things wrapped up in the potential of being the captain of your own ship um, and having a workplace where you feel safe to say, this is my whole life and work is part of my whole life. Um, And, you know, that old uh, saying or a meme, you know, we work like we don't have a family and we attend to our family like we don't have work. Like we we cannot separate ourselves as um, we're one one person. Yes, exactly. I think... There are a lot of kind of practicalities with the idea that you could bring your problems to work and you can discuss them and it's a safe space to get them off your chest and probably actually resolve them a lot faster. But then it's also about equipping managers and, you know, one of those things is an employee assistance program. So like being able to process things, talk about the work, what work can do or is affected or what needs to be managed in that space, offer support, but then also offer something as some a professional um, service as well, like a counselling service, um, and it just makes it so much easier for the person. I mean, it's quick, it's professional, um, it's accessible, and it can all be managed as part of their engagement in the workplace. And it's we talk about, you know, we want to limit turnover and we want to increase the retention of staff. Well, these are some of the things that help. You know, we have a very narrow mindset about why people work it's about salary or flexibility or you know it's a it's a step up you know it's a promotion so we move but you know integrating the whole person and letting them be themselves you know there's a lot to be said for that in terms of how long can that person stay with your business and grow with your business I absolutely agree with that and too you know as an efficiency expert not in technology or anything like that but in behavior if you can have a safe place like that and to do all that. And even if counselling or isn't, and people aren't carrying that through the day, they work so much more effectively. I have a case in point myself personally. Yesterday something happened that made me very emotional and I was able to safely um, work it out with my business partner, Esther, and I was able then to go on and do sales calls and stuff and do them very effectively and successfully (laughs) Good day yesterday. Um, you know, I go from basically having a nervous breakdown to um, um, selling some really good stuff in twenty um, in in you know in three quarters of an hour, and that was because we've created that space that I was able to do it as a leader. Now that's that's a lot of work, people. I, I don't suggest you try that at home without adult supervision for a while. But that's what we're looking for, and the efficiency of that, rather than basically having to blow those calls off. Um, and I've seen that in, you know, practice a lot um, in my previous businesses, if someone's got that safe space to have a quick conversation, 15, 20 minutes, if sometimes people just need to talk about it and that's it. So, um, yes, and, you know, take Kieran's advice. We do need to then set up these structures, but we can start simply and effectively um, going forward. And so there's so many aspects to it. And I think the one way, way we can start safely with it is to say, okay, you're an adult, if you need to go and get your kids, I I understand that. Um, you know, just make sure that all your chit's taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you need. Yeah, tell me what you need. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, such a great point. Um, thank you. And I think this is really important in going forward as we go into one thing a lot of people are, are talking about now is that human connection businesses. And I think we missed the case that all businesses are people. <laughs> 
Even All if you have no employees, your clients are people, your suppliers are people, everyone's people. And if you can effectively manage them, you are, you get, you're going to have masterful businesses. It's also a relationship. Yeah. So we talk about the value of relationship when we're doing business. Um, and if we, this is going off on a bit of a tangent and I apologise. but That's all right. We're all about tangents. <laughs> if you think now, like a lot of professional people um, see themselves as an entity in their own right. Mm-hmm. So their career, um, their, you know, the resume is not just a list of, oh, this is why you should employ me. Yeah. It's experience. You know, they're gaining projects, et cetera, and the gig economy. So the truth is that people can move on to other jobs as quickly as they come into your business if it's not the right fit for them. So thinking about the relationship then improves the engagement. Yeah. Um, and I think too, what people miss, um, a lot, particularly, and I miss this when I was a owner of more traditional businesses and a more traditional in inverted commas, I just went inverted commas people, you can't actually see me, but, um, (laughs) that we kind of didn't treat them as relationships, but we spend more time with these people. So now we are there. I am very, I've got big boundaries on, we're not saying we're going to be besties and we're going to hang out. We're going to go jean shopping together, even though Kira and I actually do, but don't worry about that. We're not employees. (laughs) We're not employees. (laughs) But um, I want to be spending time on my day with employees who inspire me and employees who engage me, employees who are willing to have, you know, robust conversations both ways too, by the way. Yes. Um, I want feedback up and down because, you know, sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and, and my team would attest that that has sometimes happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really important to run an efficient business and, and to really help great leaders go is to have that. And that's very important about getting that relationship of trust up front. Um, and there's certainly people that I've worked with that I've had that relationship with who, you know, I, d- I wouldn't invite over for a barbecue, but, um, certainly are part of a, the very important part of my journey um, going forward. Um, and I want to now, if we can, extend that a little further to work talking about the other people on our team that we don't often think about, and that's collaborating with other professional service providers. I think one of the things that we need to do, my, my opinion on this, um, and everyone knows that opinion is the lowest form of knowledge, but this is my opinion um, only um, and not advice, is that going forward accountants should be that central advisor because mainly – Oh, no, yeah. the HR should be the central yeah, advisor. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have an argument, but don't worry about that. <laughs> I will tell you my discussions, my podcast, so I'm going to I'm gonna take head on this. I just felt I needed to. <laughs> I needed to say that. I felt the door was open. It was. It was. About, I actually opened it because I knew it was going to happen. Anyhow, <laughs> let's go. Um the reason why is because um, of the tax thing and, and nine out of ten um, SMEs are on our client base. And um, so we are very fortunate um, to see them, you know, at least once a year. Whereas other professionals such as the gorgeous HR professions and, um, you know, legal, et cetera, don't tend to do that. But for our clients' um, sake, we want to be collaboratively working with all of those other professions and really, you know, look at that. And one way we work together and um, Kieran and I have obviously worked together, but other professionals as well is we get them into our businesses and, and see and get that true understanding and then start to work collaboratively 
and then that empowers everybody. It also then builds your network and your referrals um, and it all works beautifully. And I know that this is something that um, we've always struggled with in all professions. This is the professional mindset issue. It's not an accountant, HR or any other mindset issue. It's a professional issue. And how we can actually start seeking other people to fill those knowledge gaps. And I think from a HR point of view, I don't actually like the word HR. I think that that people have um, don't, I like the words, but I think the meaning of them means different things. So there's two types that we're talking about here. First of all, I think the important thing from an accounting point of view is the HR compliance perspective, because that's important from a protection piece. And then the resource, actually the capacity and the humans behind it. So, um, you know, that to actually seek assistance in this. So can you talk to us about that and collaborating and how maybe, you know, here we like to give them some, um, everybody some tips that they can take back and actually start implementing and thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my observations of working in professional services is that, is that most advisors tend to work alone mm-hmm. and we split up the workflow between like the, the junior person in the team does this level processing, the next level person might give the advice and have the client relationship. Then there's the client support officers do certain um, administrative requirements and put to do put togethers or whatever it is. But we're very gran- granular in terms of the process, but also we segregate the team so much that they probably don't even need to speak to one another. Oh, okay. So we're going really back right down to basics. Eh? So they're used, most people are used to working by themselves. We then ask them to go out and start collaborating with a group of people who also seen themselves as the key expert, so a room full of experts, <laughs> or giving advice to the one client on the one client matter. And it's actually not that easy. No, it's not. So I recommend as a tip, think about how often do you let your team collaborate within the bounds of your business? So without the conflict of having different advices. Um, so uh Developing those skills of communication, uh, negotiating work, negotiating time timeframes, um, looking at what is the best possible solution for the client, being curious, staying in discovery for a little bit longer rather than just jumping to the solution. Um, these skills can be learnt and developed in-house before you try and extrapolate them out of yeah, house. Yeah, great point. Fantastic point, actually. And I think that's my number one observation is that it, it just does not happen. No. Because it's not efficient. So we, like we've dehumanised <laughs> well, productivity <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, it's that, you know, we've. it's almost like a production line <laughs> um, where, you know, talking is seen to be a, a waste of time and that's unfortunate too. Yeah, and I think I, w- I would like to drill down on that for a minute because Talking collaboration just leverages and scales so much time later. And I think Kieran just made a, a, an amazing point and I would like to just drill down a little bit on a, in, a, in a slightly different language. Um, what she just said is so that means that we can get our, you know, people always, you know, in our program say how can we get people faster and quicker um, to the advisor state when we don't have the, you know, you know, when we started in the 90, if you started in the 1990s or the early 2000s, you were still processing a lot and you're still learning a lot because that kind of work was there and it's not there anymore. And our experience and our time spent on that, you know, makes us good advisors. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I can certainly understand the concept. This is how we get our guys going 
quicker and faster by letting them collaborate up and down, learn every day on their everyday job of, okay, I'm doing this stage of the job next, but how can I help the more senior accountants or the next stage or maybe the tax area go faster? And then that gives them the ability to collaborate, you know, later on with other people and not just other professionals and experts in the room if they're facilitating with clients, but then how do they grow that network for themselves quickly and for the benefit of the business, but more importantly for the benefit of the client as well. So we don't want them learning some of our old old rules around, um, you know, every expert sits in a silo. And I, I love what Karen just said and she just really reminded me. We break that rule as the silos that we create in our own workplaces. So not just, um, you know, in the stages of the jobs, because of course what's happened now is most people consider a job from way to go as one job rather than six, uh, five stages. So getting the work papers ready, getting the, the, the job ready. Um, and then also, you know, the difference between administration and the professional work as well, really getting to understand how the systems flow looking at your own job and seeing, you know, what you are doing that's actually administration as opposed to professional um, and then talking to the admin laid, um, girls, I'm going to say ladies because most of the time it is, and really learning what they do and what you can learn from them because, um, you know, they've got skills and then what they can learn from you. And that builds collaboration in your everyday so you can then, it's not so scary when you have to go to a networking event or you have to sit in with other experts um, and go forward. I think that's a fantastic point. And um, it, it, it's an, a big efficiency point too because that means you're going to go faster and then you're also going to be asking the questions you're seeing other people doing work and you go, oh, well, they're doing it that way. Maybe that might be a better way or I could help them or whatever that is. Great point. We, we have another challenge in the professional services industry that you touched on just then, mm -hmm. which is we our traditional path of low-level processing, learn the jobs before you speak to a client. We actually need our professional people to be speaking to clients a lot sooner in their careers, yes. mm -hmm. but we don't know how to set them up to do that, yep. right? So that's a huge part of what you do. Yes. What we're underestimating, I think, is the value of learning professional presentation, communication mm -hmm. within the workplace first. So having your team, junior members of the team, be able to write professional emails or put yep. together professional reports, that's a skill. But because they're not the advisor, they don't generally get to do that. Yeah. Um, so there's all these little elements that you can let someone learn within the confines of your business without it going outside that sets them up to then be able to engage with clients professionally earlier on in their careers. Mm. And I think too that is so important, particularly as the generations do are changing a little bit um, and the way sort of under 35-year-olds um, or even under 40-year-olds now actually want to receive their information um, because of how they have and then, you know, I'm, I'm going over 40. I'm about to turn 50, everybody, but... Um, <laughs> you make me sound so young. I know. She's, she's not even 40 yet, so... <laughs> A good, it's, it's quite odd that I actually even speak to her, but then that's another thing. <laughs> Anyhow, um, but the, the point is that we want them speaking sooner because yeah. they, they are, they speak in a different way. And I'm not saying they speak English and 
like we speak English and everyone else, like the, the older <laughs> people speak English and they speak like Swahili or anything. But the way they capture information, the way they set up appointments, the way they want their information received is the same. So we want them actually getting out there and seeing where our future clients um, are. And what we need is people like talking to like there as well. Now, a lot of firms do come, um, sorry, a lot of clients do come to firms with older, more um, established advisors in for good reason, but they also want to be communicated in, this, in the way that they want. We've got to start realising that, that... Um, our, the value of our long-term longevity is in our next generation and our generations are changing a whole lot faster than when, you know, in the 2000s or the 90s um, or the early 90s when I started. You know, there wasn't a lot of difference between that, the way I did work in the 90s to the way I did work in the, uh, the late 90s. But now the way we do work now, I can't even imagine what we're going to be doing in 10 years' time. Um, so we've got to think about that too. And the people who are most adapted at that are the people who've grown up where change is all the time as opposed to change takes a few years. So um, just remember that. So Kieran makes a fantastic point there. And um, certainly, obviously, if you want to talk about how we can get people communicating, structuring and bin- and get doing that professional stuff, that's what we do at Blueprint HQ. Um, and... You know, we're super excited for the next generation, but we have to also maintain that professionalism. And that that also goes to turning up to meetings on time and doing all that sort of stuff. And sometimes um, it's not – it's that's across the board. It doesn't matter what generation you're in. Mm. So um, it was that was a great point. Anyhow, um, I'll probably need to wrap it up now. Um, we could talk all day, and we have <laughs> previously. But, um, you know, would be – love to continue this conversation a little bit, um, you know, onwards and, and get into, you know, how you build great teams and stuff like that as well. But for now, could you just quickly um, give us three tips going <laughs> forward? They can be HR or um, health. Um, and then tell us how that uh, anyone can contact you or where to find you on social media. Okay. Um, so three tips for professional services on team effectiveness mm-hmm. and productivity. Anything you want. Okay. Well, my first tip would be that the process of workflow needs to be established in the business. So someone needs to take ownership of that so that other people understand what they need to do. Yep. A central point for workflow and a system for managing that. Um, I would also suggest this is something that I'm implementing now in my business is a way that your clients can see the progress of their own work. So I'm that's a big one. Establishing, uh, utilising Monday, the program, um, where I can allow, I can set up a project for an engagement and then I can allow access to the representative of the client and then they can interact and see the development of that. So that's incredible. Um, to and visually, guys, you can do that through Teams and I know most of you have it as well through Planner. <laughs> but do you actually let your client see it? Yeah. Um, third tip. Um have have a science-based approach to your people. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, um, human behaviour can be measured and, and we can assess it and uh, we can understand people far more when we have a foundation of science. Um, and so things like personality, cognitive ability, matches in preference and roles really set people up for success and we can do that objectively. Mm-hmm. 
um, that's absolutely needed in modern business. Yeah, and it's such an interesting one because um, obviously being an accountant, if you can't measure it, it doesn't exist. So um, <laughs> behaviour can be measured and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're playing with measurements on what I was talking about before. So spending some time and space to actually talk about our feelings and our emotions. Now, I'm not suggesting we're going to go there, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a big leap. But we can. And the reason why we haven't done it before is it's not easy. Like it's not, it's not something that has been developed. We tend to measure the easiest things like productivity is the easiest thing to measure, net profit, um, turnover. These are all things that are easy to measure. They're also too late to measure because it's already done. Um, so we do need to keep developing that and use that scientific approach so we can change the behavior on, on the more lead behaviors um, that you're talking about. There were way too many behaviors in that sentence anyhow. Anyhow, so <laughs> fantastic. So where can we find you? So people can go, oh, I, I heard Kieran and I, I want to talk to her a bit more. Well, um, you're welcome to visit our website, workforcepositive.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I do actually love LinkedIn. So please connect with me. Stalk her. She loves Stalk a good stalker. <laughs> uh, follow, our, follow us on LinkedIn. Um, I did this challenge once where I did a video every day for like 30 days and I haven't done a video for a long time, but if I if anyone reaches out and says, "Come on, Kieran, do a video," I'll do one. Okay, well, there's there's your um, challenge, guys. I might even get her on my LinkedIn Live. You never know. And then she'll have her own video. Very good. Okay, well, thank you so much um, for your time, everybody out there. Um, please, um, as always, if there's anything you want to discuss, um, jump on in to the um, link below and and have an appointment. 15 minutes, anything we can um, bash out together. And also if you can't find Kieran anywhere else, I can hook you up there as well. And as always, please continue the conversation and be brave. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on helping professional services experts to create time in their everyday to drive change. Please jump on Blueprint hq.com.au forward slash conversations to book a 15 minute call so we can continue the conversation. As always, be brave.